Nicholas Burr's Magna Burr's Oil. Outstanding. Thank you for joining the program today. Of course, we like to check in on the, I believe it's the Illinois Basin in Kentucky, where you've got the $50,000 well or the something, $100,000 well. What is it again? Give me the update. I've I've been dying to know what's been going on down there in the Illinois Basin. Well, we're still holding it at $75,000 oil well from completion uh, stage all the way. You You see what happens when I I don't have my notes? I got to split the difference. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> 75 grand though that is a that, okay for some of the listeners out there uh the reason i said 50 to 100 because if it's 100 that's unheard of and so if you guys have figured out a way to do it at 75,000 let's not let's not just skirt over that quick talk about just real quickly talk about how that is a magnificent feat in itself well i think i've explained in past shows that we had before done oil wells in texas louisiana oklahoma so forth and so on but the problem we had was that if we ever drilled a dry hole, we took us instead of a couple of months to recoup our money because oil prices used to be well above $100 a barrel. Uh, when they got down to 20, 30, 40, and 50 like they are right now, it took a long time to recoup our money. So we were looking for a place that we could go where we could get good production for a minimal cost. And we looked into the Illinois basin and found out that we could actually drill and complete an oil well for only $75,000 where the investor basically gets about 75% of the net revenue that comes out of the well. And uh, we could do several of those only 450 feet apart in the Illinois basin. So we made the choice to go there. And when we got there, we had some good success. We, we haven't left yet. So we've kept our prices the same and we're still hitting oil wells. Are you guys still looking for investors? Oh yeah. We're always looking for investors. We have over 2,500 acres that we can drill an oil well, 200, I'm sorry, 450 feet from a previous sister well. So we've got plenty of room to do oil wells. We've we've actually signed on with a company called Northwest Oil and Gas, which is, I can announce it at this point in time, they actually are going public here in the United States. They're a German company, but they've actually signed on with us to start drilling under the same you know, $75,000 a well price tag. And we welcome anybody and everybody, either major companies or small companies that want to come out and make some money that uh, we're ready for them. Unlimited number right now. And you said Northwest Oil and Gas? Yeah, Northwest Oil and Gas. And, you know, the other thing is, like, you know, seventy-five grand. that's something that the average person can either uh, afford. And by average, I mean, you know, maybe above average, but at least they can come maybe with some buddies, pool it together, that sort of thing. That's not a large number, 75000 I mean, you're talking about a down payment on a house in some instances. So um, what kind of are, – are, are, Anybody seeing returns? Because I know the oil industry, you know, a lot of times uh, speculative and volatile and those those kind of those uh, uh, fearful buzzwords come out from time to time. Are any of your investors seeing any success at all? Are you guys finding success down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're finding success. It's averaging. I mean, it's like any other thing. You don't know how much oil is actually going to come out of an oil well. You could have one well do 50 barrels a day and the next one drilled a couple feet from it's only going to do two barrels a day. It's just the oil business. But if you could, I would tell everybody, if you can live between a 30 and 40% yearly return, uh, you know, it's good to come in down here and do something like that. Now, we're not going to get the big returns I do in Texas where you put, you know, $5 million, you can get $5 million back in a year. But if you put $75,000 down, you could get anywhere from half of that to the all of it back within a year. And then it keeps producing that way. 
you know, a good two or three years, you're going to see a little bit of decline, but it's only like 7% a year after that. So, well, and that's the know. one thing with the, some of these, um, and you're a vertical, that's right. That's vertical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with the hydraulic fracturing, the one thing they're finding out is the, um, the drop-off rates faster than they thought. And it seems like that's happening more and more and more uh, with the hydraulic fracturing to where, you know, that curve is just dropping. And so they got to go and do the refracts, whatever else. But what you're describing to me sounds a little bit more like that slow and steady wins the race thing versus the hydraulic fracturing, which is the boom. Well, we've got, we've got, well, and this is kind of like when people look at the Illinois base and they say, well, we've went to like the Kentucky division of oil and gas. We found out that, the average production there's only one or two barrels a day the reason it's showing that is because the wells they drilled in the 70s are still pumping oil today so if you're taking a well that's only doing a quarter barrel a day and then in the 80s it's doing you know half a barrel a day and then the 90s it's doing one and two and you average them all together that's what you get but we have actual uh, geology from uh, a major university here which is kentucky university did one of them and you can find that out at the uh, kentucky uh Division of Oil and Gas website, they've done a report on Kentucky and area we're drilling in, they've seen anywhere from five to 10 to 20 to 30 barrels of, of initial production when it came in. But it's like anything else. You can do great Texas too and get, you know, two or 300 barrels a day, but eventually that's going to pan out and it's going to drop and it does the same thing here. But that's why I say if you can live with a 30 to 40, 50% per year return, that's not a return. It's just going to be one year and quick. You're looking at, a you know, five to six years under that same return. So that's why we like it down here. It's an easy, easy hit. All right. Exciting stuff. I always love an update from the Illinois Basin, one of those ones you don't hear about very often. Of course, the Permian, the Bakken, the Hainsworth, the Eagleford, the Niobrara, the Marcellus, those seem to be the ones that take most of the headline. But there are other ones out there. You know, you got the, you got the Tyler, you got the Spearfish, you got the Kentucky, you got the Illinois. So it's fun to get... Um, an update every now and then. But let's get into the uh, other topic, the reason why I gave you a buzz here, uh, the reason why we're having you on the program to talk a little bit about what's going on in California. Well, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really, it was an interesting story because a lot of people don't know Magna Burzola, we are a Wyoming corporation, but we have, we don't have all our offices in Wyoming. Uh, managing members of our company ha each have their own office in their location. And one of those locations was actually Paradise, California. And I had a call after the fire in Paradise, and they said, well, our office caught on fire. And I was expecting like a little off, you know, a little uh, computer fire or something like that. And I said, well, I'll just tell them to fix it. They said, no, you're not watching the news, are you? And I have to tell you, you know, when you get out drilling oil, well, sometimes you don't get cable and all that good stuff, so you, you miss out on the news. But they said the building burned down, and I was, you know, my reaction was, you know, what about our insurance? They said, no, you're not understanding. The whole town burned down. So... <laughs> Right now, it's impossible to put a building back up in Paradise, so it's our, our accounting office is actually, and it's one of our accounting offices, but it held most of our main records. It was moved to a different location, and right now, they're up and running again, thank goodness, and uh, just wanted to let everybody out there that is associated with Magdeburg know that you may have thought you were being ignored or something sometimes, but we had to retrieve all our files, files from internet space, and uh, we're oil people, not computer people, so we had to bring somebody in to help us do that, but... We're back up and running now, and everything's great. I just wanted to kind of take this opportunity because uh, you, you, your organizations interviewed us a few times, and we do have people listen to your program, where everybody knows everything's okay. And hey, we're back up and doing what we need to do. So this was the, obviously the wildfire out in California. Yeah. 
So did you have an opportunity to talk to anybody that worked there to get kind of a boots on the ground, what they were experiencing? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, what, that's what I was saying. Yeah, the lady the lady that runs the office, uh, she was telling me that uh, they were sitting there just, you know, one day it was okay, and the next day all of a sudden they were getting, you got to evacuate, and they got to evacuate, and they didn't even have time to get any of the records out. They didn't have time to move anything. The computers went down, uh, the files went down, everything went down in the fire. So, so that's how- why it kind of took us a while to, to regroup because it was, it was all destroyed. Well, how do you deal with that? I mean, because this was your business, and this was, well, it was a, a, a office location, but you have so many other people that are not a part of that wildfire, so they're not impacted, and you know how it is, out of sight, out of yeah. mind, and if it isn't part of our daily life, you know, we don't know about it. So um, how, how did you guys deal with that? I mean, obviously, you probably sent an email out or something like that, but just walk, walk me through a little bit about uh, just – how you guys, and this is part of it, by the way, we should point out part of this is getting on this program and letting people know that, hey, this is what happened. You know, like you said, we weren't trying to ignore you. We, we got burned down and, you know, it, because people are busy. There's so many different ways to to contact people. There's so many different ways to ignore right. people and that sort of thing that you almost have to take different avenues just for something as as you know, you would think as easy to tell people as, as a wildfire burned our office down. But I should point out, this is part of you telling other people. But talk to me about some of the other things that you guys have done and uh, just that whole process. Because you also have another business that you got to run called Day-to-Day Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, when we our investors are our main concern because they keep our lifeblood running. And we weren't able to, our server and everything went down. It wasn't a situation where I could just get on the internet and change stuff because our server was actually private. So it went too when it went. But uh, we, we did what we could by emails. We did what we could by, uh, you know, phone calls from what the records we had. Now, you know, you're going to have some people, like you said, they're going to complain about things because they didn't get notified. It wasn't because we were trying to be vicious or, or not you know, informative is because the information was in internet land and we had to retrieve it before we could contact anybody. So, you know, you're going to have those that complain. You're going to have those that say, you're not going fast enough for me. You got people that say, where's this, that, and the other. And we try to say, you know, be patient, let us fix this first and we'll get all your information to you. But was there uh, anything that you guys didn't have like digital? Uh, Obviously if you had things in the cloud or, if um, there's some things that were digital, you could save it or backed up on well, hard drives, that sort of thing. Yeah, everything was backed up in the cloud. I guess that's what they call it. Yeah. I'm old, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a computer guy, but I guess it's called the cloud or whatever, something else similar to that. But it just had to be retrieved, and then they had to go through it. I mean, it was just a long, drawn-out process. It wasn't just as simple as someone saying you push a button and everything's back. It's not like that. It was more to it than that. We had to find saved emails that were in the server, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And, yeah, uh, I kind of chuckle because, um, you know, I'm setting up, I'm helping a, a, some universities set up podcasts for their uh, um, for their business departments. One, one of the consulting things we do on the side is help people, you know, set up podcasts. You know, we've been doing doing radio programs for 25 years, so we, we have a little experience. And so when we start pointing out some of the things that they got to do just on a day-to-day, they, their eyes get really big. And I look at them and I say... Listen, the Pipeliners podcast, the guy's a CEO for a company and he does it on the side and he employs four people just to do his weekly podcast. Just because it sounds easy in your head and you can find a checklist online and you can, there's still the action of somebody's got to do the actual work. And that's where I see where you guys are that, 
yeah, it might be easy to, you know, retrieve it from the cloud and, and, and get back at it, but there's an actual timeline and somebody's got to actually do that. And like I said, you guys had your daily lives to worry about. You got to stop or pull away from your daily lives in order to now retrieve those files and redo to make sure everybody's got communication and that sort of thing. Um, how does that work remotely like that? I mean, is that, has that strengthened you guys or are you still trying to figure out how to work through the chaos? Well, no, it, actually the process that we used is very strengthening for our company because if you think about it, one of the main things when you deal with an oil and gas company as far as doing an oil well is their overhead. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say a certain region or anything, but there's places you could drill a well for $300,000 and complete it for the same amount, but they have to charge 700000 And it's not, a, it's not a, a, a bad thing for them to do that. It's just that they have overhead, they have office expenses, they have employees, and they have to pay for those too. And it's like if you buy a car at an auction, you know, you have a right to make a profit off something you own. And if they're going to, you know, release an oil well for somebody to drill and they're going to lose so much income by somebody paying to drill, they deserve a little profit on top of it. Everybody does that in business. But if you can keep your overhead low, and that's what we kind of do is with our members, each member has a specific responsibility when it comes to the company and they have their own office and they cover their own overhead. So we do not have to put in those prices. Uh, that's why we can keep it at $75,000 is because the members are already business owners somewhere else. and They're using a portion of the profits from that business to run their offices to enhance magnifiers or keep us in, in check. So when you have one that goes down like in Paradise, um, you know, it hurts because they have all the passwords. They have all the backups. They have everything. And if everything's gone, you know, they've got to start over. they got to get computers. they got to place put the computers I don't think people realize everything, even their laptops were gone. They, they, you know, they just, they had to leave. It was like, you have to leave now. It was a situation where can you pack up and go when they knocked on the door, they had to go. And before they got out, they could see the flames and everything was gone. So that's, that's how fast that fire was. I don't think people understand that when it comes to a forest fire, it's not like you see in TV and in the movies where they can walk through the fire and the smoke's gone, but they can still save somebody. You know, if you ever get an actual fire, an actual forest fire, you, you can't see. you got to leave. There's too much smoke. It just, I mean, it's just, it's devastating. And that's what happened to Paradise. And uh, like I said, they've moved now and they're back open. They've got everything out of the cloud. they got their computers back in. They're, they're at full function. So, you know, hey, we're back. That's the best I can say to everybody. <laughs> Is there um, any, I guess, repercussional effects, that type of thing, that there's any fundraisers or... Is insurance taking care of most of that? I guess I, I, I'm not sure you hear, you hear wildfire. Of course, the first thing that pops in your head is fundraiser, but then where does it, where does the dollars go? Is people having specific ones or, or not? Well, it, type just, of thing? it happened that the, uh, the particular managing member had insurance and she was able to recoup from that. She also had personal funds too. She was a successful business person. And she basically just moved everything and started everything over again. So it didn't cost the company anything, really, because, like I said, it was a separate company. Uh, even though she was an active member, she used that company to do work for Magna Burrs, And so it handled it on that end. So it didn't increase our need to increase our prices because it didn't affect our bottom line at all, really. Oh, that's good. That's good. And then, you know, of course, we talked. Every, first of all, everybody's safe, so that's a good sign. But you did mention how it didn't seem to impact um, your guys' pricing structure and that sort of thing. So that's always nice when you can have some sort of uh, accident, tragedy, blip in the road, if you will, and you don't have to pass costs on to the consumer because anytime you got to stop for gas, 
Hey, man, that takes time. It takes time to pay yeah. for the gas, and it takes time to take the time to do that. And <laughs> you know how it is in business, man. It's a machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys are, you mentioned out of Wyoming. Have you got any activity going on in Wyoming these days? No, we actually, uh, we were about to go back to Wyoming and do some stuff, and then the gas or oil prices dropped again on us, uh, down in the you know low 50s to the 40s, and it's back up, and it's just fluctuating too much. You know, when you have so much success in one area and it's working out, I don't think we're going to be moving to Wyoming or someplace like that or back to that until the prices stabilize. Um, we thought they'd stabilize when they hit over 70, but they fooled us and went back down. And I think if until the international market and everything gets squared away where we know, you know, a decent price, at least where it's not fluctuating 20 or $30 every three months, then we'll move back to Wyoming and Texas and Oklahoma. Because like I said, it's hard to recoup your investment there if you don't hit a major well and you spend a lot of money because the prices are too fluctuation. Too much fluctuation in the prices right now. I get sure, yeah. You know, we, we, we are at a little bit of a, a gray area when it comes to pricing. You know, there's some companies that are doing doing well, and there's other ones that, you know, they're not getting the, the, the business because we're not at 70 bucks or whatever, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And you know what I mean by that. There's there's different tiers of uh, people getting businesses and that sort of thing. Um, what are you hearing from some of your colleagues out there, whether it be midstream, upstream, salmon stream, that type of thing? Are there any, you know, uh, certain areas that you're seeing or hearing about more success than others? Uh, well, the Permian Basin, for one, down in Texas, all I hear is that all the time when I talk to people. <laughs> There's a lot of work being done in Indiana and prices. And uh, we've, we're actually getting ready to move into Indiana and Illinois ourselves and do some drilling. Now, those cost a little more money because they're deeper formations. We we deal mainly in the Carniferous Formation in the Warren County area and Allen and Butler. Um, but, you know, we're going to be moving up here in Indiana and Illinois. It's a little bit deep, deeper formations, therefore. So it will cost us a little bit more when we do that. But until... And I'm going to say it's until we actually put all the wells we can put on those 2,500 acres, we're probably going to stay right where we are because it's just too good. You know, you can take $300,000 and drill one well somewhere, and you can take that and drill three, almost four wells where we are now. It just doesn't make sense for us to move. Well, talk to me about uh, what it is you guys have coming up with the next year then. You know, you mentioned all this acreage you have. You're looking for investors. You have investors, you know, that type of thing. Of uh, Are you looking just to kind of – be steady Eddie this year. Are you looking for a little growth? Um, that type of thing. All right, what, what, what do you got planned for 2019? You know, we're still a little early on. It's only February. Right. Well, we are expect. see, and that's another thing about where we are. It's a little bit different. We can actually drill four wells a week up here where we're at. And a lot of people can't do that because the, the regulations aren't as severe. You know, you can get a permit to the state. That's how quick you can drill here in the Illinois Basin. Oh, you cut out there. So how quick? How quick? Well, you can do it after you send your your paperwork into the state, as far and the Kentucky Division of Oil and Gas gets it. You're looking at two weeks before they issue a permit, and you can drill. Okay, so that's how fast you can drill here. I was going to say up in the Bakken, it's like three days. And um, yeah. if if you're on the Indian Reservation, I'm sorry, the Native American Reservation, uh, it's they had to go through 47 steps. Versus the private, yeah. versus the private, three days versus. I mean, can you imagine forty-seven steps it's through the government? Sometimes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. But so good news is down there, they're only two weeks. 
Yeah, two weeks and we can and we start drilling. We can do four a week easy. And I'm not talking about drilling complete. We can drill it one week and complete it the next week. That's how fast we can. So two weeks to three weeks span from the time we get a permit for oils pumping in the tank. That's what it takes us here. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more information about how to invest in this or, you know, just find out more about it? All you got to do is go to magnaburs.com. That's M-A-G-N-A-B-U-R-E-S.com. And it's got all the information you need to get hold of us. And we'll be glad to talk with you and maybe set up something, a conference call, and discuss with you what we've got and go from there. Any final thoughts? Anything we left out? Anything you want to reiterate? That type of thing? I just think 2019 is going to be a good year for drilling. There's a lot of tax incentives uh, available right now. And uh, if they're serious about drilling, and I was going to say this too, there is people out there that call us up and say, hey, I've got $5,000. Can you find me other partners to go into an oil well with? So just because, you you know, if you don't have $30,000 or $40,000, you got $5,000, give us a call. We'll put you on a list. And, uh, you know, when other partners get together, you guys, you know, you make the decisions on it, but you, you will not be able to get into an oil well. Oh, you guys do that too. I mean, I, I, I know that exists, you know, a lot of times the financial advisors and that sort of thing wrangling up the, you know, the groups are it's very common in real estate, of course, uh, real estate investment trusts, I think they're called uh, in REITs. Um, but you guys assist with that, huh? To where if somebody's yeah, got, you know, yeah. five, 10 grand and what the heck, I want to be an oil man, you know, and maybe yeah, get into yeah. it. I just, you know, I just like people to understand that when you just put 10000 or $5,000 into an oil well, don't expect to become J.R. Ewing overnight. There's a process to it. But, yeah, we've got a list of people that call and say, hey, I've got 10000 and then somebody else that call and say, we got 10000 and we'll put them together as a group on a conference call and go from there. You know, they can get in for minimum 5000 Yeah, right. You guys are you guys are promising them J.R. Ewing all the way to the tune to when they call your office, you get the theme for Dallas as the on-hold music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson's, I'm not sure which. <laughs> right, right. We are moving on up. More like Sanford and Son in my world. Jeez. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Yeah, that's a good point. You got to mention, too, that you're not JRUing overnight. That's great. No. Well, all right, man. That's good stuff. What's that website again and contact info? It's www.magnaburrs.com, and it's got our phone, our emails, everything on it. 